3: Back to a pot of their own. This is episode 24. I am Allison McCaig and I am joined once again by my co-host Linda Surovich. Hi Linda. Hey Allison. And Maggie Wiggin. Hi Maggie. Hi Allison. Um, so the current situation with the Mets is as we record this on September 10th, Tuesday night, the Mets are currently up on the Diamondbacks three to one because Todd Frazier just doubled again and he is responsible for driving in all three runs, uh, which (laughs) makes Mickey Calloway's dumb decision that he used dumb logic to back up look good now, but we'll get back to that (laughs)
1: later.
3: Um, the current wild card situation is that the Mets are currently four games back of the Chicago Cubs uh, for the second wildcard, which doesn't seem like a lot of games, but there aren't a lot of uh, games left to play. And there are other teams involved. The Phillies are three games back. The Diamondbacks, who we are currently playing, which helps, are two and a half games back. And the Brewers are two games back. Um, so that's the wild card situation. But the Mets are currently up on the Diamondbacks, and they won the first game of this series on the back of a fantastic start from Jacob Degrom. He was so the-
1: good. Oh, Jake! It was like the perfect day.
3: It really we- was.
1: Jake, Pete, and Wilmer—it was—it was perfect.
3: It was quite good. Um, Jake was vintage Jake. Uh, Wilmer Flores, in his return to City Field, hit a home run off Jacob Degrom, but that was the only person that got to him all night. He only gave up what was it, three hits, and one of them was mm-hmm. that home run, which is his one mistake pitch, basically. And then one of the other hits was like a, like a freaking like donk into like it was like a doink. It was nothing. And the um, other
1: was like a stupid shift hit.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Like it was hard hit, but it was like it would have been an out if not for the shift. So there it was it was vintage Jake. He looked awesome. Um So it's kind of getting to the point now where Jake is very much in the conversation to repeat the Cy Young. Uh, what do you two think his chances are at this stage?
1: I mean, I'm biased, so I would say, yeah, just give it to him. <laughs> um, but, um, I think there was an article today, I think on ESPN, um, uh, handicapping all the races and they actually had him in the lead. I can For, see it. Young, because I guess I did not know that Ryu blew up and blew up really badly. Like I knew he had the seven run game, I think against the Yankees, but I yeah. think he's had back to back seven run games now. And he's also. I yeah. mean, the thing like,
2: what probably if Degrom does get it will be like the edge difference giver is the innings because he uh, yeah. just yep. ha- like has missed a bunch of starts. Yeah, and that's so has
3: Max Scherzer.
1: Yeah, yeah, and Jake has the strikeout edge too, which the voters like too. Like only Strasburg is close to him in the strikeouts, and he has a three five zero ERA. So, like. He- Jake's in the top five in almost every category, and I don't know how many pitchers you can say that. Like, obviously, um others have the RA edge, but are do they have the same strikeouts? Do they have the same strikeouts per nine? Like, Jake's not only good, he's dominant. I mean, the only other person you can say that about is Scherzer and he's been hurt.
3: Yeah. So yeah, I, I think, think if Scherzer
2: loses out, that's gonna that's gonna end up being the reason.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's, it's ultimately an innings game. I mean, Max Scherzer, when he's been healthy, has been, in my opinion, every bit as good as DeGrom has been this season. Um, last season, it wasn't really, you know, even a contest. Like, Jake won, essentially, unanimously. So, um, this year, I think it's definitely more of a question, for sure. I, I can't – I have no idea who's going to win it at this point. I think it's still – so much an open question that every start each of the front runners make from here on out is going to be important in determining. um, And I think also,
1: yeah, like Jack Flaherty might be a dark horse too now because he's just been unreal the second half. Like he is like, I don't know, like a 0.1 ERA or something. It's something ridiculous. Yeah,
3: something crazy like that.
1: What I think
2: really ended up winning it for DeGrom last year was that he just never faded down the stretch at all. Yes. Um, And he because the thing is, like, he had to because because he didn't have the win loss number. So something was going to, you know, of course, he still doesn't. But like, I think finally, at least I think we've proven fairly sufficiently that win loss will not stop a Cy Young at this point.
1: But, but I think um, the article today said, I think only Ryu has 11, Scherzer is 10. Like, wins aren't even factoring in this year.
2: Yeah, it's not as, it's not as big a gap as before. But, um, so yeah, I mean, if he is to see this year, like, is somebody going to fade down the stretch? And Ryu kind of already did. I mean, there was also, he never had the strikeout numbers from the beginning. That's just not the kind of pitcher he is. Um, and so, like, the regression was not super surprising. But I think, like, a couple of bad starts from anybody could knock them out at this point.
3: Yeah. And the Nationals are at the point now where they have built up a relatively, um, you know, comfortable lead in the wild card race. I mean, they haven't built up a lead, like, to have first position in the wild card necessarily, but I feel like they feel comfortable that they've built up enough of a lead in the wild card race that they don't have to be aggressive with Scherzer's innings down the stretch. Whereas the Mets definitely have to be aggressive with Jake's innings because the Mets are every, every single game matters for them. Every single game they can afford to lose no games, (laughs) especially (laughs) not games that Jake is pitching. And so which they already are experts at losing games that Jake pitches. I think it was Tim Britton of the Athletic, I believe, uh published a piece where in within which was a table of the Mets bullpen ERA in Jake oh, no. starts versus not Jake starts. Let me just tell you that shit is bad. It's unbelievable. Like I know the Mets have a shitty bullpen. Like they're, like the Mets have a very bad bullpen and obviously it's bad when the other guys start too. but the numbers are stark. I mean, it's like pretty, pretty small sample size in the sense of like Jake starts this year. Cause you know, that's not too, too many innings for some of these guys, but it's ridiculous. It'll be like a three ERA for everybody else and a 10 ERA for Jake. And it's like,
2: two- well, and it shouldn't be mathematically possible for a bullpen to have a worse ERA with Degrom than with anybody else because Degrom goes more innings. Yeah, they, sh- they shouldn't be like, like they shouldn't be using their shitty guys in Degrom starts anyway, which means that the good guys are just that much worse for Degrom. For presumably, I don't know, spite. I mean, okay, it's probably <laughs> bad luck. It's probably not spite. It's but like it could be spite.
1: And let so me. is
3: it? Oh, go ahead, Linda. I
1: don't know if it's just because it snowballed from last year. Like, like, I mean, him losing games got a lot, a lot of attention. Like, that became the main narrative around him winning the Cy Young. To the point where Todd Frazier, like, apologized to his face saying, I'm sorry we're losing for you. Like, so I don't know if they, do they feel extra pressure when he pitches that... (laughs) It just gets to them. They're trying too hard. I don't know.
3: It has to be. It has to be something. There's something going on. Because, okay, I brought up the Tim Britton article on my computer. So now I have the actual numbers. So in aggregate, the bullpen overall in in all other starts besides DeGrom starts has a 4.69 ERA as a group. For DeGrom starts, they have a seven point one ERA as a group. Stop. <laughs> Stop! It's, uh. it's utterly staggering, and if uh. you bring, and somehow we've it's, got a
2: content warning that shit before we post this. <laughs> Sorry, guys.
3: guys, it's bad. Uh. And how many innings pitched? So in the so obviously because like the, we said he goes seven innings. So how many innings could that possibly add so up? So obviously the sample size for the Degrom starts is much much smaller because it's a Degrom goes a lot of innings and B obviously there's fewer starts than everybody else combined. So in the in the all other starts it's three hundred eighty four innings, in Degrom starts it's seventy eight and a third innings, Ugh. which is still you know like it's not a huge sample, but that's still like that's you know it's a lot. That's a relievers' season, yeah. Right, so like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like it's just it's staggering. It's unbelievable. And if you break it down by individual relievers, somehow it like looks even worse. Oh, like no! The only see if you guys can guess. You have three guesses, and the ooh, first fine two... game. <laughs> You have three guesses, and the first two do not count as to who is the only relief pitcher in the bullpen who has a better bull, a better ERA in DeGrom starts versus not DeGrom starts.
2: Oh. Oh, I, it, is it Lugo?
3: It's absolutely Seth Lugo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because Seth Lugo they've is deployed. A, they've
2: got a rhythm going. I, I I feel like going forward, however much DeGrom gives you is great, and then Lugo's got to go the rest of the way. Like, they are, there's some kind of magic with those two. Yeah. So who's the worst?
3: Um, who's I the mean, main
2: culprit?
3: Who's the main Wait, culprit? God, they're
2: all so bad. It's yeah.
3: very bad. I mean, it's hard to like say because he doesn't. So he breaks it down by individual reliever, but those don't have innings associated. Like, that table doesn't uh, have innings. Okay. So I don't know who has, like, super small sample size associated. I was going to say, like, you, Paul Seawald on there. Paul Sewald is... All, is extremely bad. Like oh, Paul because Seewald, of the stupid Nationals
1: game. Yes.
3: So oh. Paul Sewald has a 2.61 ERA otherwise and an 11.56 ERA in Jake Starts. um yeah, it's And bad. Edwin Diaz has a 4.5 ERA in everybody else's starts and a 10.6 point. So pretty ERA bad. Why? In Jake Starts. Geez. Tyler Bachelor has a 6.75 ERA in in all other pitcher starts, a 21.6 ERA in Jake starts. It's just like, even there's Justin There's another Wilson, pattern uh-huh. here
2: emerging. There's another pattern here emerging, and that is that, Jesus Christ, these guys are so bad. Even they Justin Wilson... They are so,
3: so bad. 1.78 ERA, Justin Wilson, and all other pitchers starts, 4.91 ERA in Jake starts. No!
1: Justin Wilson, why? So it's why would like, you betray us like that?
3: I just... I just can't like, so, and it, and actually we talked about how, you know, this was very much the narrative last season when Jake was making the push for the side and he was like the clear favorite and he had such a low ERA and everything like that. And it became such a narrative last season. The difference was not even as stark as it is this season. Oh. So last season, I mean, it was still bad last season uh, in other pitchers starts. The bullpen had a 4.69 ERA and in Jake's starts, they had a six, seven, five. Now, that's not. That's still not as stark as this season because it's essentially the same ERA in other pitcher starts. Actually, the exact same ERA. So a four point six nine for all other pitchers for Degrom. This season, it's a seven point eight one in aggregate, which is uh, just
1: that's hard to do. It's very yeah. hard to do. It's, it's like th- they're purposely trying to do it.
3: <sighs> Whew! That's just something. But sorry, you know, Degrom. We love you. We love you, Jake. Just give him all
1: the damn awards just for that alone. Exactly.
3: Give him an award for not murdering anyone. Like, just do it. That Um, we know of, to be fair.
1: Okay, this is kind of weird. Is it weird that Wilmer is facing Zach Wheeler? Because since they were almost traded together.
3: Yeah, that is kind of odd. I don't think either of them are thinking about it,
1: though, right now. It's all kind of weird. Like, it's... I
2: don't know. Flores is definitely one of those players who... I just am having trouble adjusting to the idea that, like, not only that he's on another team, but the Diamondbacks. It just feels very like, like, what were the writers thinking this season? They're like, oh, let's send Wilmer to the Diamondbacks. Womp womp. <laughs> he plot the
1: twist.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, and... we grounded into a double play, Wilmer. Well, that's fine. That's yeah. Fine right now.
2: <laughs> um, but he got his big home run moment. We were all he very did. happy. Yeah, he and can, now, He can make outs now. Now he can just just.
1: Be out most of the time, and the interview with Gelbs today was adorable. and he so and he Facetime Jake after the game,
3: <laughs> and the way my favorite part about it was the way he was like when Gelbs was like, so like he winked at Jake, <laughs> and he was like, I watched the video afterwards and it was pretty cool. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, he was like that was pretty cool.
3: <laughs> I was like, you are wonderful.
1: Yeah, I know. I just want to give him a hug. He's adorable.
3: Yeah, he's, you just want to pinch those cheeks. He's I know. So wholesome. Oh, wholesome. Very, very wholesome content. And the
1: laugh and the smile. Like, I missed Wilmer. I miss Wilmer
2: a lot.
3: And seeing him I miss Wilmer, but uniform, I don't,
2: I don't mind, um, don't mind having J.D. Davis taking his at-bats. I gotta admit. That is true. Yeah.
3: J.D. Davis is pretty good. That's true. Um, so speaking of, you know, awards and records and such, um, Obviously, Pete Alonso was the another uh, the other driving factor behind yesterday's win. He had two home runs, uh, so he currently stands alone as the home run leader in Major League Baseball because Mike Trout was going toe to toe with him, and Mike Trout is currently sidelined. Um, he had to get like a cryo treatment on his foot, and I think that it's going to require surgery in the offseason, which is extremely no necessary. ooh. Um, I think it'll be a surgery, which like he can be ready in time for spring training for, but that still kind of sucks. But he has like this nerve issue and he had to get like a cryo treatment for it on his foot. So he hasn't played since like last week or something like that. I know because he's on my fantasy team and I'm trying to playoff push and I'm like, God damn it. Um, But anyway, (laughs) um, it does help out Pete because it, uh, he would be the first rookie to ever lead the league in home runs, which would be really cool. Um, and he's now on pace to break Aaron judge's record as well. So, Woo! Yay! so that would be really so big cool. Pete. Those Ooh, big
1: Pete is up now. Speak of the day.
3: Hey, big Pete. Um, so shout out to big Pete for, you hey, know, big hopefully Pete. setting even more records as if he hasn't said enough this year. Um, Other than Jake Cy Young push, I would say the the biggest Mets storyline right now is more dysfunctional Mets shit. Um, Even, yeah, it's like even when the Mets are like pushing for a wild card that no one thought they would be able to push for. They had like a, they've had like a good, you know, like a nice story in the second half. Can't escape the dysfunctional Mets shit. Um, so it came, it leaked to the media that Noah Syndergaard went to Brody Van Wagenen. So he like went above Mickey Calloway and went to Brody Van Wagenen to say that he doesn't like throwing to Wilson Ramos and he would rather not do so anymore. Um, and that leaked to the media and the Mets have basically told him to screw off in so many words, uh, which is Not a good look. Linda, I think that you made the best tweet about this out of ever. So, summarize for our listeners what you tweeted because it was good.
1: Okay. I think I can pull it up pretty quickly. Okay. So, my tweet says So, Brody started this shit with personal catchers. And now that Noah wants a personal catcher, Brody basically told them to fuck off so his other signing would look good. There's just so much to unpack here. But the bottom line is this is what happens when you hire an agent as a GM. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Like, of course Noah's going to think it's okay to ask for a personal catcher when Brody's the one who set the precedent. I will say,
2: now I I think my big question is like, is just who is leaking this and why? And Mm. knowing the Mets, they are leaking it to just try to fuck with him. And Lord only knows how much of it is accurate. But I will say... If the reports were accurate, it's a big if that he was with regularity openly complaining about his his matchup with Ramos on a regular basis, that actually doesn't sit so well with me. Like I think it's fair to say at one point, like I really think I do my better work with this guy, but then you gotta buckle down and be a pro and they know, you know, it's, it's not news to anybody that Ramos is a poor offend is a poor defender, but he's also a really, really strong lineup piece. And yes, we can argue that the Mets made the wrong call in which catcher to bring in the off season. I won't disagree on that, but he's here now. And if this is all the case, then no one just sort of has to suck it up. And like, we all have colleagues we don't like it's, You know, that's not, but you, you tell your boss once, you let it be known that like this thing makes it hard for me to do my job. Right. And then you, then you just put your head down and do your thing. And that's the part where I think he just needs to work on it more because I don't think like Jake didn't look particularly happy with that throwing error last night, but you know what he did? He got the out.
3: To me what reeks about this from the Mets side is mostly like, it's mostly what Linda said about about the fact that Brody is a player agent, and if you notice, like Wilson Ramos is his guy, and Jake is his guy, and Noah's mm-hmm. not his guy, and that's what stinks to me about this. Like, I don't know. I know that I know Jacob Degrom was pushing for the Cy Young, and he really liked throwing to Mezzarocco, and that was and that was really good for him, and I support it. But you can't. I don't know. You can't give certain players that treatment and then not let other players have it then.
1: Exactly. Like you're the one who created this mess and now you're saying, whoops, my bad. And also the issue is like I get it. Noah is a professional. He should be able to throw to anybody what like I get that. Um you have to be able to succeed in League throwing to different like what if he gets traded and you know or what if the Mets just bring in somebody new next year which I mean, they probably should but that's a different thing, um, but the issue also is you need to propose you the good managers put their players in the best position to succeed and he's not doing that maybe tell Nell will work on it in the off season whatever it is you don't like about Ramos try to figure out a way to deal with it because he's here next year. Um, But then also, so you put Nito in the lineup, give, give Noah Nito. Um, You're giving Ramos the day off. Who's been injury prone and that Nito obviously is not the offensive catcher. Ramos is, (laughs) he's barely an offensive player, but you, this lineup with Nimmo back, should be able to overcome that. The problem is they give Canell the day off at the same time. They put they put Ligaris in line at the same time. Don't give everybody the same day off. Like, it shouldn't be this complicated. Why yeah. are you playing Nito with Ligaris? <laughs> with uh, uh, with Todd Frazier? That shouldn't be. With Luis Cuorme with Luis giorme like that's where the issue because like you've doubled down on the prompt, like the whole like bottom third of your lineup makes an out then and you know we're not scoring this inning we'll have to wait another inning when we're behind like that's not how you win ball games so like if you do put Nino in for Noah, there is a way to still win ball games where you have Noah effective and the lineup can still score runs. and that hasn't been happening.
2: I mean, part of the problem is that Nito is is really, really bad. Like not just sort of uh, but but he hits like a pitcher. Yeah, and that's, and that is really hard to keep in the lineup, especially when you're main catcher is one of the better hitting uh, catchers in the league. And that's, it's just hard. I, I I see why it's hard in a tight season to take that out of the lineup. And like, yes, they they have a strong lineup, but they've also had some really barren stretches for offense lately. And I mean, he was, you know, Ramos is riding, was riding that inc- incredible hitting streak. Like, I get it. I get why it was not, Why it's not quite as cut and dry as, like, let's give Nito the time. Because he really is the inferior player.
1: Like, that made this argument when we'll have to get to this too. Mickey Calloway walked somebody to get to Bryce Harper. Um, (sighs) You have to weigh your options. Do you want this lineup with Nito and Syndergaard giving up two runs? Or do you want this lineup... With Ramos and Syndergaard giving up five runs, like weigh your options and what do you feel more comfortable? I guess I just don't see with. it that big of a uh, difference. Like I don't see a three-run difference
2: in true talent level between those two catchers. I just it, it's like Nito's far superior, obviously, but a three runs in a game—that's a huge margin. And I, I don't know. I think like. If anything he's kind of psyching himself out on it. I, yes. don't, I I I kind of think it's 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 a tough call because really Ramos should be fine. Jake throws to him all the time and he's fine. Like it's not not good, not good, but like uh
1: but not everybody's Jake though. Jake is otherworldly. No, Jake is Saiyoung like It can be done though. Yeah. Channel your
2: inner Jake. trust (laughs) trust that he's gonna and just and just do your job as well as you can you know I I know it's it's just one of those things that annoys me because it turns into this big drama that the meds Mm -hmm. don't need and that will not help anybody and it's because like at the end of the day Ramos is still gonna start 90% of the games because that's his job
3: yeah, and, and and no matter like what side you fall down on this, it's it's a shame that the Mets and Syndigard are once again not on the same page about stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Because to me, like to me, that relationship is very soured at this point between the Mets and Syndigard. And I think that you know, no matter like wh- who you think the fault or the blame lies there, like it's it's a shame that that relationship is soured and i think all of this just increases the chance that they're gonna. well he
1: even said today like i think somebody asked him how's your relationship and he was like well the guys in my club in the clubhouse are my family
3: yep he basically was like i'm uh, i love my teammates and it's when asked about like his relationship (laughs) with the front office he was basically like i love my teammates it's like well
2: well, and this, and that predates but also, I hope he that enjoy... does predate, predate Brody because
3: oh, yeah, the, sure. the Wilpons yeah. have had it out oh, for totally. a Syndergaard
2: like forever.
3: For sure.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I hope he likes San Diego. <laughs> it's,
3: it's, yeah, it's sad and it I hope is. it doesn't happen, but it just seems increasingly likely that this offseason is going to involve a Syndergaard trade. We'll see. Um. So, yeah, we we alluded to this. um, But, yeah, more Mutt's dysfunction uh, and bad managing. And Mickey Calloway has just had a banner week of bullshit. (laughs) Just a banner week. It's been terrible. So, okay. In In every regard. In the Phillies series, we won't spend, like, an irrational amount of time on this because there's just no, like, there's no analysis you can do here because it literally makes no sense what he did. He... In the in a game where the Mets were down, he Andrew Knapp came up to the plate with a base open. He decided to walk Andrew Knapp, one of the worst hitters in the National League. He he was he hits like 190. He walked Andrew Knapp to, and the Phillies pinch hit Bryce Harper and and Tyler Bachelor walked Bryce Harper as well. Which is actually one of the like more mild outcomes that could have happened. But it was, it was a started. smart move. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he intentionally, he had Tyler Bachelor intentionally walk Andrew Knapp to get to Bryce Harper, who's probably one of the most likely hitters in the league to hit a home run off of Tyler Batchelor. Like, And there was no
1: lefty warming up either.
3: He had Zamora, but Zamora wasn't ready. So he had to have Bachelor bitch. Uh,
1: oh my just- God, you guys, the competitive
2: advantage thing. That we, it, we're about—that's where he got the idea. Damn, this oh. is okay. Hold on, I just.
3: Whoa,
2: <laughs> 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 So the other thing that we needed to share with all of our lovely <laughs> listeners was about how he started. Like the other dumbass thing Calloway said today was that. That having J.D. Davis on his bench was a competitive advantage. And here we were before the show thinking, what on earth would make him th- think such a stupid thing? Oh, right. It's the other stupid thing he did. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. And he did. I it, mean, and his geez. explanation of the game was that he wanted to get Mike Morin out of the game. That was that was the reason. Because Bryce Harper pinch hit for the pitcher spot. Mike Morin was in Gosh.
2: the just imagine all of the amazing people we could get out of the game with JD Davis. Wow! I mean, it's a, it's a slam dunk. Oh my god! He's probably thinking on our
3: end, like, oh, oh yeah, this
2: whole G- thing is even dumber than I thought at the beginning. Mike my it's God,
3: so bad. it's so bad. Mike dumb. Morin, who gives a shit? Mike <laughs> Morin, he's a he like. Think of all the relievers that the Mets have shuttled up and down this year. Like, think about those. Like, I know that all of you may not be familiar with Mike Morin. The Mets relievers, like, like, Ty, like for example, literally Tyler Tyler Bassler.
2: Bassler. Like, yep. Mike
3: Morin <laughs> is that guy. Like, he's the same as that. And Mickey... Like, Cal- oh, no,
2: don't get Tyler Bassler out of the game. Oh, no. Yeah,
3: like, Mickey Calway was big-brained enough to be like, we need to get this guy out of the game. The Phillies have a million of those guys. The Phillies' bullpen is just as bad as the Mets' bullpen. They have, like... Two good relievers and a bunch of crappy ones. It's like the same thing, like <laughs> Morin. Oh. oh my god, that shit makes me so mad.
2: Sometimes I? I wonder, um, does does Mickey watch the games?
3: I, I question it. <laughs> no, I don't.
2: He's, does he like? Is is maybe? Where the like, hell is
3: Rim Jiggleman and all this guys? So is FanGraphs
2: blocked from Mickey's work computer?
3: Is it's blocked because online, so <laughs>
2: I feel like. I, I feel like I have more information than him, and that should not be the case.
1: No, like, it shouldn't. I believe what my working theory on that was: he totally forgot Bryce Harper was an option. Like maybe he thought he was on the DL with the hand injury. I don't know. And then was like, oh, they have nobody to pinch it. I'll leave Bachelor in. So we get the pitcher out. You know, we'll they'll just send up a rando. He'll get him out. And then saw Bryce Harper was like, oh shit. Now I have to come up with something good. Does and does he know the that they write this shit with. down? Does he know that that you can
2: see a list of who's available? Does he maybe
3: know? That he know talk out. Does he <laughs> know
1: that he can him? use his?
3: fucking eyeballs and look across to the other dugout and see that bryce harper is a bat in his hand did he know no no because he can't read lineup cards we learned that last year right
1: (laughs) oh christ (laughs) almighty it it all makes
2: sense i mean it's just just, it kind of sucks because i don't think in the grand scheme of baseball people that nikki calloway is like a bad dude but I think he is so embarrassingly out of his depth right now. And it's coming through every single day in a new way, whether they win or lose. There's some new way that, like, I am literally embarrassed to watch him. Yeah. And, like, he got
3: outclassed it's, and outmatched by a dude who has, like, coconut oil for brains. It's, it, <laughs> he
2: just doesn't belong in this position. Like, it's, it's the raw, like, I don't know if it's, if it's a Dunning Kruger or a Peter Principle. There are all kinds of, like, Lingo ways that we could describe the problem with him being in the position that he's in, but he's got to go.
3: Yeah, it's yeah. bad at this point. Just you can't bring him back after this year. The other thing he said today, oh, we, but we, they will, we, they will bring him back. So we talked about the JD Davis competitive advantage, the intentional walk, the other dumbass thing he did this week, which was also a thing he said today, is regarding going back to the whole Noah Syndergaard situation. So. Earlier this year, he cited catcher ERA as a thing. Mm. And we've already discussed on this show multiple times about how catcher ERA is, like, not a good thing to use. But he went even further than that. So when Syndergaard said, listen, like, I would rather pitch to Tomas Nito, citing his catcher ERA, which is flawed, but, you know, it's what he cited. um, Mickey said, oh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, his ERA is lower to Nito, I get that. But look at his win-loss record. It's much better with Ramos. Oh my god. What? Jesus Christ! Catcher win loss record. I. That's I'm not how this works. That's not, that that's not how any this of this works. works. <laughs> I I have no words for that catcher win loss record. I.
2: I, I... I mean, <gasps> like, I suppose was he maybe trying to say, it's true that your personal performance has been worse, but the team is winning. Maybe, but that's like, what he meant. that's a. That's a backward-ass
1: well, way of
2: saying that, and give Kim I'm not too
1: much credit. Yeah, and I'm
2: I'm not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, Mickey, go! I don't know what Mickey needs, but he needs a job that isn't this one. He was a really good pitching coach. Maybe yeah. he should do
1: that again. But like was he, yeah, I mean, he wasn't apparently he good. But yeah, he but they're good with the still pitchers still that he weird. kind of
2: he built those pitchers though. Like yeah. I think I'm willing to. Given everything that we saw, I will give him the benefit of the doubt on being a good pitching coach.
1: But if you don't know that Luis Avilan shouldn't be facing righties, are you a good pitching coach?
3: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Luis Avilan being deployed for, like, multiple innings and, like, I I get stole righties. righties. Yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, it's gotten bad. It's, yeah, I can't. So, Okay. (laughs) <laughs> even though we've already gone sort of long on this Mets segment, I'm just, we're just going to close it out really quickly before we turn to our baseball segment. Cause I feel like this does need to be said. Linda said this before the show and she's absolutely right. We need to point this out. So tomorrow is, is nine 11. And obviously that is bigger for the New York teams than it is for the other teams. And the Mets still aren't allowed by major league baseball to wear first responder hats. Which is incredibly dumb.
2: Yeah. It's just so, it's so dumb and it's so self-defeating and so petty. And I just, I can't imagine, like, and I know what it, like, they don't, they don't have licensed versions of those hats. So, like, license them. Yeah. Like, it's not hard. You cannot tell me that there's no way that MLB could find some way to get, money off of a branded EMT hat like it's it's doable but they have decided to dig their heels in on this and it's really a terrible look and for no reason it is the easiest PR win on the planet
3: yeah like how are you going out here doing these dumbass monochromatic players weekend uniforms Mm -hmm. and you can't do this like seriously
1: (laughs) yeah the only thing MLB cares about is money not like what this means like what this day means to people and what, you know, I think they've even said, like, you know, when, you know, they were doing all the Piazza specials, but the the family said seeing them wearing, like, the symbols of, like, their loved ones on their heads and what that meant to them. Like, like it would be such an easy thing to easy do, place. but it
2: would mean so yeah. much to the players and to the fans. It wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. And there's, like, the best reason not to do it is a Is a terrible reason. Like, there's no, there's nothing even remotely approaching a decent reason not to do this.
1: And didn't they get fined? Didn't they find that a one team for saying screw you basically? I think they did. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so too.
3: Good job, guys. Yeah. Priorities. Let the Mets wear first responder hats. It's not that hard. Just let them do it. Come on. Um. So on that note, um, we are going to take a break. And when we get back, we will discuss a um, a topic that is ultimately Mets-related, but it stretches into all of baseball. So stay tuned for that.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
3: A
1: laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.
3: So we are going to open this baseball segment by talking about a Mets thing, but it's going to lead into a wider baseball discussion. Um, So the thing that we did not mention in our Mets segment um, is the horrific game that the Mets had in which they blew a six-run lead in the ninth inning that after this segment, we shall never speak of it again.
1: (laughs) Well, that never happened. I wasn't there to witness it. So as far as I know, it didn't happen. Didn't happen.
3: Um. But you know, part of that was um, Edwin Diaz gave up the game-winning homer, and Edwin Diaz also blew another save later in that same week by giving up another a game tying homer. This time, luckily, the Mets bailed him out that time and walked it off in the bottom of the ninth. Um, but so Edwin Diaz basically broke again. Um, but the thing, yeah, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. This is not going to be an analysis of why. Edwin Diaz is broken again, why he may stay broken or not stay broken, or Phil Regan's pitching, coaching ability, or Jacob deGrom's slider grip, or whatever. Um, Those are discussions that should be had and can be had. But this is a discussion about how, you know, fans are obviously quite frustrated by this trade and by his performance. And they have shown that by booing him vociferously when he comes off the mound, like viciously booing him. Um, and so I thought that it would be a good time for us on the pod to talk about, you know, booing players, what our stances are on that. Um, I take a pretty hard line stance on booing. I think that it's pretty much never okay to boo your own players. Um, I mean, you know, I'm never going to police what other fans do. If you, unless you are doing something that rises to the level of you should get kicked out of the stadium, like, obviously I can't stop you from expressing your frustration, how you like, but it makes me deeply uncomfortable when fans boo their own players. And it upsets me. I don't like it. Um, especially when a player like Diaz, who is clearly trying the best he can, he's just lost right now. Like, you know, like he's not, not trying. (laughs) He's trying very hard. I think. Um, he's just you know lost and the fans keep booing him um so what do you, what do you two think about booing players I mean uh, I
2: sort of I think we have a really similar feeling on it and that's mostly that like what what's he what should he do different like is he is he not trying hard enough is he being a bad person off the field and if if no he's just not, being, if he's just not successful despite his best efforts and otherwise, like, a stand-up human being, then what are you, like, what is there to boo? It sucks. Yeah, I get it, but but the, it's way harder for him than for anybody else out there.
1: Yeah, like, what are you accomplishing by booing your own player? Like, Nothing. it's not going to make him pitch better next time. You're not accomplishing anything. The only, like, person... I have booed on the Mets is Jose Reyes and I had nothing Same. to do for his play so I think there are ways to devoid like Maggie said what is he doing off the field I think Addison Russell deserves to get booed um I think Josh Hader deserves to get booed um, but I don't think Edwin Diaz deserves to get booed because he is trying. He's done. He's been nothing but a model citizen since he, he's been here. Like he's not causing a problem in the clubhouse, not doing anything off the field. He's trying. He went to Jacob deGrom to learn his slider. So clearly he wants to get better. So it's not like he just threw on the towels like, eh, well, who cares? So what but the bottom is line the bottom line is what does Boeing accomplish?
3: And he clearly cares. Like it's yes. not just that he's trying, he cares a lot. Like when he gave up it was the game tying homer to Rio Muto the one where the Mets ultimately won the game but he gave up a game tying homer in the top of the ninth like that was that was the first moment where I could see it you know I mean obviously like he'll make a face or like he'll show it in his face that he's frustrated but that was the first time I saw it like physically in his whole body because when he gave up that home run he threw his hands up like in the air like I have like, he was
2: so dejected he
3: was like he had no like it, it was the mark of a man that had no idea idea what was happening to him
1: like, he's looked and, you know, visibly upset in the in the dugout like there was one time it, yeah it yeah. clearly looked like he was crying at one point i don't but, know what game it was but i remember somebody pointed out it looked like he was i think it they ended up winning it might have been it might have been a, one of their walk-offs was it did he blow the jd davis game when he walked it off
3: he may have i can't remember
1: now yeah i, I think it might have been i safe think bet, had, sadly. sadly huh safe bet
2: sadly yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, it, you know, it reminds me of um, it reminds me of Jason Bay, which I know is like the most yeah. depressing thing you could say to a Mets fan. But like here was somebody who previously had been able to do the thing and then very suddenly just absolutely could not do the thing at all. And I think it's really just ups- it's I don't know. To me, I just find it very upsetting on like a human level. It seems like an extremely, like, upsetting situation to be in. And I can't imagine wanting to make it worse for the dude. Like, sure, if it would make me feel better, but it won't. It feels awful.
3: Yeah, like, like, I want to know from people that do boo their own players, like, if if they get any sort of, like, satisfaction out of it. Like, does it make you feel better about your team, like, performing poorly? Because it doesn't make me feel better.
1: What I think the problem here is also that he was—I eh, don't. It's not going to matter because Cano is going to get booed because he makes too much money. Diaz is going to get booed because we gave up Kellenic for him. Bryce Harper got booed because he signed a large contract. There's always going to be a reason to boo somebody, but it's like just uh, so. Do you want to be right? Is that what this is about? Like, say told you never we should never trade Kellnick for this guy this guy blows Mm-mm. you know see i'm 100% right so oh yeah <laughs> i
3: tweeted this i got yeah. really snarky on mets twitter because like there's been a segment of mets twitter <laughs> that really hates the trade and like that's fine that's fine that when, and are- that's
2: i think we
1: can agree also that like so far it has not been great
3: right and like right. you know but kellnick
1: like, has not played a damn day in the majors
3: right but like it's so okay they don't like the trade obviously it's not looking good now like
1: But like the players didn't
2: make the trade. No, it they had
3: not ask their for idea. I got snarky on and basically. I will was happily go like, Brody on this one. I got snarky and was basically like I think you guys are more concerned about being right than the Mets winning. And I yeah. and I don't feel bad about saying that because I really think that there's a subset of people that really enjoy being right more than they enjoy the Mets being successful. And,
1: and also who cares how much money Cano is making? Who cares who how much cares?
3: price yeah. your
1: your ticket prices are not going down because of because they traded for Robinson Cano. The it's tickets not would your that fucking be, money. Oh, the ticket prices, the concession prices aren't going down. I hate to break it to you, it's not because of Robinson Cano. Okay,
3: it's not your money. No Who cares how much money he makes or Cespedes makes or mm-hmm. any of these guys make. It is not your money, so I do not understand, like booing them because they didn't perform up to your expectations specifically because they make twenty million dollars. Like what? It's so not your money.
1: Yeah, it wasn't your name on their paycheck.
3: Can I boo the
1: CBA because <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> that has a lot more to do with it?
3: Can I boo Rob Manfred?
1: Oh, I would. Well, the greatest tradition in sports is Gary Bettman getting booed. Like, so can we just do that for every commissioner? <laughs>
3: yeah, I tend to. So they
1: all kind of deserve it so far. They really so
3: yeah, they all really. are horrible people. I think the only player in the history of ever I have actually ever booed is Jose Reyes because yep. I guess he's the only player who like I have been to a game where he's been on the field, and I know that he did a horrible thing. And so, like, I tend to only boo you if you've done, like, horrible shit things. Like, if you're, like, a bad human being, then I will boo you. I don't even boo opposing players, though. I only, like, like, not, like, unless they're also horrible human beings. Like, I would boo Addison Russell. But, like, I don't boo, like, I never booed, like, Jimmy Rollins or anybody like that. Like, no. I mean, this I've always...
2: I'm okay with, like, personally, I will boo kind of the the team yeah. villains a little bit. Yeah, because like, I, nature I for sure, I, I boo Yadier Molina every time I see him. Oh, and he absolutely deserve to get booed.
3: No, I think, like, I don't begrudge, I definitely don't begrudge other fans for doing it. Like, it's just not my style as a fan.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, to me, I, I feel like it's a different, it falls into a different category of booing. Yeah. And it kind of has booing. a different
3: tone to it, too, for sure. Yeah. I did participate in Larry Chance. I did do that, which is different than booing. But I did participate in Larry Chance, which is its own form of like taunting of an opposing player, I guess.
1: Yeah, and opposing players, I think, expect it, and if they're competitive, they'll feed off of it. Like it's fine. Well, traditionally, also the
2: the players that you are going to be booing, you know, on other teams are their good players. Uh So there's kind of a there's a begrudging respect in a way when you're when you're booing another team's player because you're mad that they keep beating up on your team and it sucks like that's where Murphy a positive, off booze. oh yeah but Ugh. and like so there's i, I can see how it'd be a really you know satisfying feeling for a lot of them to get booed by no player wants to get booed by their own fans that is the crappiest feeling ever and all it does is say that they hate you and that sucks. And, you know, I feel like the, the implications of booting your own team versus another team are just so, so different.
1: Yeah. They're very different. I agree. Well, Especially for a pitcher too, like that has to be the loneliest feeling in the world. Being on oh, that now so bad for them. I know, and just knowing it's all going wrong. You're out there by yourself. There's nothing you can do. The booze are raining down. Like I call this crying
2: gymnast feeling. syndrome. It's that feeling you what you get when you're when a gymnast falls and is crying oh, for the rest of the routine. Yeah, like uh oh. and I get that so I like. I, the older I get, the more I get like deeply upset about sad athletes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's
3: a, a big little... one. It's yeah, and like it is, it's yeah, it's heartbreaking. Like watching Diaz throw his hands up b- broke my heart into a million pieces. Like yeah. I just, it made me so sad. Like at that point, I wasn't even like angry. I was just sad.
2: Like no, it just it sucked.
3: And like, okay. but on the bright side, like. I noticed this and I tweeted it too. Like if you watch the video back, which I don't blame you if you don't want to watch it back, but it's a little less painful because this video is the one where the Mets eventually won the game anyway. But if you watch the video back of the JT real Muto Homer as Diaz is walking off the field and he's getting vociferously booed by the fans, the first person by his side was Robinson Cano made a bee line for him, put his arm right around his shoulder. And I was like, I was like, yeah, Robbie, like, this is why I stand. He's a good teammate and he's a good guy. And this is what a leader does.
1: Yeah. Well, and also, he was one of the first ones out of the dugout when Pete walked it off, too. Yep. yep. And he, he, he had a big smile on his face. Like, obviously, he's probably like, well, you know, I'm relieved that we still got the win. But, you know, he was also there. He was with his teammates. So it was good to see him smile after, after probably one of, like, the worst feelings you could possibly have.
3: Yeah. And um so to sort of like tie this into, you know, a a wider discussion, it isn't just like performance based like reasons that people get booed. Um so this may be the first and last time I discuss football on this podcast. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> don't take me as a football expert by any stretch of the imagination, but Linda knows more about football than me. Um, but Andrew Luck recently retired, you know, kind of arguably in his prime, um, because he just was like, you know what? I made the money. I'm kind of done with this whole thing. Like, I don't have to do this anymore. I'm not happy. I've been. Well, and what
2: he was doing was less football and more agonizing rehab, hate, never ending injuries. I mean, that's just like, man, his injury history was was just nasty and and hard to come back from.
3: Right. And so I guess he was playing in a preseason game, when the news broke that he had announced his retirement or was going to announce his retirement after the game, essentially in a press conference, and the fans booed him when he went off the field, which is just oh. to me that is awful.
2: That's, That's
1: so dreadful. sad. I know. Like you can't like
3: like everything
1: to these people. It would be like booing David Wright. Like yeah, no, it's it's exactly what
2: it would have been like is me. if Mets fans had booed David Wright.
3: When he decided I mean, to retire, yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: as opposed to being grateful to get to see him one more time and appreciative of the time that we had to enjoy him, yeah, it was that was really nasty. Like Luck I would like to, to think to it wasn't everyone.
1: Like it also for football too, knowing what we know about CTE and what it does to players' bodies after they retire, like I'm, I begrudge him nothing. He's he wants to start a family now, either his wife is pregnant or they they're gonna try so if he wants to be able to get to a point where he can hug his child without pain let him do that and like maybe throw a baseball or throw a football to his child like let him enjoy his life like he owes you nothing at this point
3: Right. it's just ridiculous and like on a similar note it's just like like these players get booed or like talked shit about online or like wherever else like basically the fans are shitheads to them for making the best decisions for them and their families like I am starkly reminded of when Adam Jones used his ten five rights um when he refused to trade to the Phillies in 2018 um because he just he was like screw it I earned these ten five rights like I made the best decision for me and my family I didn't want to move mid-season and Baltimore's my home and I wanted to stay there and he got Lots of shit for that from the fans. Lots of shit for that. And it's like, that's nonsense. Like, of of course, of course he should use his rights. He earned them. Like, players fight really hard to get these rights in case you guys haven't noticed the history of labor relations in baseball and the ongoing history of labor relations in baseball. Like, the few rights that they do have, they should absolutely exercise them.
2: Well, and then the thing that always, it's always about the fucking fantasy team and the guys saying like, oh, well, you know, I mean, yeah, he has to take care of his family, but you know, I you should have done it sooner because I drafted my fantasy team. It's like, Ooh, well So what? It's been fan- yeah. like, oh I put a lot of money on this league. I'm like, whose genius idea was that? Yeah. I didn't I didn't tell you to put a <laughs> bunch of money into fantasy football. I would have told you that's a terrible idea. <laughs>
3: I think think Andrew Luck is playing with uh, more money on the table here than you are, buddy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) he walked away from a lot of money. So I don't think you need to bitch about that. Like, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's just, I don't get it. Like, booing your own players, I just, I will never understand. That is just a concept I will never understand. No matter how bad they are, performance-wise, no matter how bad they are, these are guys that are trying to win.
1: Yeah, like like we said, they're also human beings. Like, didn't Chelsea Nimmo have to tell Mets fans to stop issuing death threats to players?
3: Yes, yes, she did tweet about that. Let's see if I can. Find like, it. come
1: on.
3: Yeah, it These was after a particularly beings. bad Mets game. I
1: think it was the Nationals game.
3: Yeah, I think it was then. Yeah, Chelsea Chelsea was basically like, guys, can you like chill out chill. a little bit? Like just a little bit. And it's
2: just, well, and this is something I think this has to be another topic on its own. But if it's bad now, imagine when sports betting is really widespread and easy, like when it's when people are placing prop bets on games all the time and losing big money. Like that's not gonna that's not gonna get better. No.
3: Yeah, Chelsea Nemo tweeted, and this was indeed after the Nationals game tonight's loss was obviously incredibly disappointing, but seeing fans, which she put in quotes on here, tagging players and telling them to go die, etc., is absolutely appalling. These guys are human. Why not put as much effort into encouraging them as you do telling them off, which go Chelsea. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah.
2: You no, like it's them? really, there's just no excuse for that. I, I just, people just think that being a human being change it. Like when you, when you're online on Twitter, whatever, that it's, that it suddenly becomes, like, human being optional, and I don't, that doesn't register with me at all.
3: And to me, whenever I discuss, like, whenever I discuss booing players with someone who disagrees with me on it, I, like, the, the thing, the argument I always return to is, like, imagine if at your absolute worst day at your job, someone booed you to your face. Like, no in no other workplace is that acceptable like if i stood up and gave a presentation and had a really bad day and just gave a bad talk can you imagine if the audience just like booed at me
1: you suck allison yeah like
3: you suck that was awful like can you imagine you call that a presentation like what like how is that acceptable behavior it's not acceptable behavior And yet, like in other contexts, people do clap when you do a good job. Like when you give a good presentation, people clap. Like, I'm not saying you have to like clap when you don't mean it, but like, can you imagine booing someone to their face? Like after they do a thing at a different job, like boo, Like it's just, it's absurd when you think about it in other contexts. So why should it be acceptable in this context?
2: It should not. It in my in my opinion,
3: right. I um, think we're
2: agreed. Yes. <laughs> yes.
3: Uh, so stop booing your own players. It's not classy.
2: They're trying. They're trying. Jeez, poor poor Diaz. I oh, really God, you just. Said they're
3: crying.
2: But maybe yeah. It also... maybe they are crying. Some of them are crying. There there is crying in
1: baseball. There it is, is
3: sometimes. That's
1: It's allowed.
3: Um. So before we um sign off with walk-off wins just wanted to give a quick um dollars for dingers update um Yay. so for those of you who have not um caught up on our uh live event details september 22nd at mckellar from 2 to 4 p.m be there or be square we will have items to raffle off including very exciting items that we will announce soon um but we do have very exciting items to raffle off um that we will all all proceeds will be going to the national domestic violence hotline meanwhile as far as the pledge the actual pledges go um for the mets home runs for the month of september i think maggie you said last night that we're over 600 dollars now
2: yes yes um why don't you tell everybody more about that while I find out exactly <laughs> how much it is? Well, the Mets have
3: hit how many home runs now? I think it's uh, I, I tweeted 14, the latest one, so I should know. Thirteen, right?
1: Was there, or was it fourteen? Fourteen. No, it's fourteen. 14. Yeah, we have yes.
3: fourteen. Right. I tweeted that. I should know. Um, the Mets have fourteen home runs now for the month of September. We have
2: seven hundred eight dollars pledged.
3: Yay! <gasps> that
2: this
1: is, is
3: so awesome. Exciting. That is
0: so good.
3: If we slash when we break the $1,000 mark, I'm going to freak out.
2: There's going to be a party.
3: I'm going to freak out. You guys are so incredible. Thank you all so much. This makes my heart smile. I'm so happy. It's
2: really exciting. It's
3: really fun. And it keeps it gives us a reason to keep watching the games even if the Mets fall out of this. So that's really fun because every dinger that they hit, regardless of whether it's a dinger that means anything, is still going to give money to the National Domestic Violence Hotline. So you should keep watching the Mets to keep watching that dollar number go up and up and up. Yay! Yay! So um keep pledging it's never too late to pledge just because you didn't pledge at the beginning of the month doesn't mean you can't pledge we're kind of doing a big calculation at the end so obviously we don't know how many home runs the Mets will hit so you can still pledge if you want to um, so get out there, keep pledging. You guys are fantastic. Come to the live event on September 21st. We're going to have items to raffle off for you. We're going to have a live podcast. We're going to stick around and watch the game afterwards for folks who feel like sticking around. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a really great time. We're so psyched that McKeller is hosting us. Thank you, McKellar. You guys rule. Um, can't wait. It's going to be a great time. Um, So when we get back, um, we will close the show out like we always do with Walk Off Wins. So stay tuned.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
3: Laundry? Oh, a book club.
1: Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No over by law. 18+ and Website for details.
3: And we are back. Um so we're going to finish off the show with walk-off wins as we always do, where each of us talks about what's making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. So, Maggie, what is your walk-off win for this week?
2: Um, so I took the family to the game on Sunday and it was not a great game. Um, we did not stay long, um, but we had a wonderful time, um, and, you know, it started from the very beginning. My my son loves trains. And so for, like, a special treat, instead of taking the 7, we took the Long Island Railroad. And that was so much fun and ridiculously fast. <laughs> um, like, really, really fast. So fast that I'm like, I could pay $14 for our family to do this every game. Maybe I shouldn't, but I could. Um, so it was so it's just it started off well and we had a good time at the game. We saw we ran into friend of the show, Emma Span, and Exciting. Husband Jay wow. and their uh, their little their adorable little Moppet who's a little bit older than my adorable little Moppet. And um, they would have had a lovely little meeting of the Moppets except that my Moppet had not napped um, in about forty-eight hours at the time, and at one point, um, tried to abscond from a store with a large Mister Met plushie. <laughs> Actually, I she did abscond from the store with that. I I say try. She she absolutely succeeded. It's just that I'm way <laughs> faster than her. Um, so, you know, other than that, um, it was it was just a fun game. There were good people there, and you know, as 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 bad as it went as the game went on for a while it wasn't too terrible um game wise but it was it was a beautiful day um yeah had a great time so that was my that's my walk-off win
3: happy always a good time to have the kids at city field happiness mm-hmm. Linda what is your walk-off win for this week
1: my walk-off win well i I probably should have done this it's kind of like a walk-off win for the whole season (laughs) Uh, because he's the gift that kind of keeps on giving (laughs) but jd davis face (laughs) has become a thing and like his expressions like a camera needs to be on him at all times like after pete hit the home run yesterday the shot of him in the dugout (laughs) so good oh it just adds another layer it's just so good and it's not the first time either it's been like the whole season jd davis face has just been given is it's the gift that keeps on giving and today um him Stephen matz uh todd frazier and i think drew Gagnon. um went to visit a firehouse like they usually do around september 11th and it looks like it was just a dream come true for him to put on like a fireman's outfit like he He's just like looks a child yes like oh my god i get to be a fireman for the day <laughs> 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 like so thank you like the one move that brody made that has brought us all joy is jd davis and his jd davis faces (laughs) yeah
3: it's so good there's there's the the thread on twitter that we've mentioned before of the jd davis to spongebob face comparisons that's really good and also i think my favorite um there's obviously all the jd davis gifts there's like a million of them but my favorite i think jd davis like reaction in the dugout moment was the one that there's this video and I don't know, maybe there there's more than one version of this video out there, but the version that I saw, like I retweeted it, but it didn't have like a lot of likes and retweets. And I was really surprised because I thought it was hilarious. Is this reaction video of like, I think it was either when Pete tied the Mets single season record or broke it. I can't remember which home run it was, but it was one of those two home runs and Pete's in the dugout and he just goes What are you going to throw to him now What are you going to throw to him now And he's making like he's that such noise. a hoot And it's just so good It's so good um, I'll I'll find that video because I definitely retweeted it and I'll put it in like the tweets for this week because it's yeah. so funny. I was going to say I don't think I've seen that. Everyone it. needs to watch this video. It's incredible, and he's making the like <laughs> dumbest voice. What are you gonna throw to him now, huh? It's so good. <laughs> oh I love him. Love James Davis. <laughs> um. So my walk off win for this week is that on Saturday Michael and I went to a beer festival which is very fun. Um, So it was in Boonton, New Jersey, um, which is about half an hour from my house. Um, But there were like, there were like over 80 beers on tap at this beer festival. And it was just a bunch of like local breweries from New Jersey, Pennsylvania, um, a couple of New York ones, I think. Um, And I love beer. So (laughs) I had a fantastic time um, running around trying a bunch of new beers. Um, But the best part about it was that it benefited the New Jersey Highlands Coalition, um, which is uh, an organization that protects and promotes the vital water resources in New Jersey, in the New Jersey Highlands. They safeguard the water resources. They safeguard, um, you know, biodiversity. Um, and stuff in the New Jersey Highlands. so that's um you know, environmentalism is always a good cause and something that's important to me as a scientist, as a biologist. Um, so that was really fun. We had a great time at the beer festival, drank a lot of tasty beer. And yeah, it was just a great time. There was that's music, awesome yeah it was it was just happy. and we ate some really good food um. You know, got to see a bunch of cool people and cool brewery t-shirts. <laughs> I, I kept yes. feeling like I have brewery t-shirts and I was, I kept saying to him like, oh, I feel left out because I feel like I should have worn my brewery t-shirt, but I didn't. Um, saw multiple Mets fans uh, decked out in their Mets gear. So that was cool too. It's nice to like live in Mets territory again. Sometimes I forget I live in Mets territory again. And then I see like random people walking around in Mets stuff and I'm like, oh, wow. Like Mets <laughs> fans exist. That's yes. nice. Um, so Yeah. Beer Festival, lots of fun. Had a great time. It was a great weekend overall. Um, so, yeah, that is my walk-off win for this week. Um, so, while you're waiting for Mickey Coway to make better managerial decisions, which may be, <laughs> you may be waiting quite a long time. So, you'll have a lot of free time. So, you should, in the meantime, go to amazingavenue.com. Um, and read all of our fantastic content. Um, we have <laughs> critical pieces about Mickey Callaway. We have uh, game recaps. We have morning news posts. We have all your Mets news and notes that you could possibly desire um and we have more of that for you all the time so keep going back to AmazonAvenue.com to read all of that you can follow amazing avenue on the social medias you can follow them on twitter facebook and instagram at amazing avenue you can follow the show on twitter at a pod of their own you can follow each of us on twitter i am at petite phd where are you linda i'm at linda servich and you maggie
1: at maggie 162
3: Follow the show on Twitter. Follow each of us on Twitter. You can email the show, of their own at gmail.com. Send us your questions, comments, things you want us to talk about on future mailbag segments, um, anonymous pledges if you have them for dollars for dingers, whatever you want to chat with us about. We're there. We're checking the emails. Send us emails. Um, you please, please, if you get a chance, subscribe to Amazing Avenue Audio to get all of our fantastic shows, rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It really helps. Um, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, the original music for this intro and outro to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcast.